3: Is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. Outrage. live
0: from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What
4: economy are you talking about? Talking
0: it's about. time about. for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage, Matters.
4: Mortgage, Matters. Mortgage,
5: Matters. Mortgage Matters. Good
1: morning, everybody. We're back and we're better than ever. Better than ever. Last day, Last day of
6: June.
1: Last
5: day of June. Last day of the first half of the year. That's right. Moving on to that second half.
6: The second half, in my opinion, is always the better half. Oh, man, really? Always the better half. Let's talk about the second half, shall we, Dan? Right off All the right. bat, 4th of July.
5: 4th of July is great. I love, love it. Love that holiday. But let's rewind about oh 10 days. And we had the longest day of the year already. So now every day going forward gets shorter and shorter and shorter. Yeah, and shorter until november when we get to vote on whether or not to keep doing oh that's
6: right uh
1: daylight savings
6: <laughs> we'll be yeah, just that's like arizona funny.
1: yeah it's gonna be on the ballot it won't
5: yeah. matter mm-hmm. will we miss that whole f-
1: i don't know three there's,
5: hour there's a big part of me for the longest time i'm like hey this time of year is terrible i, I if we could do away with this we could and now it's like it's on the ballot and i'm like Do I really mean that? Maybe we're going (laughs) to miss complaining. Wait, 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 wait. We just wanted to talk about something. (laughs) We don't have to vote about this. I just didn't have anything to complain about that was really (laughs) important. So that took its place. Trump wasn't on the news at that
6: moment. Yeah.
5: Uh. So, but yeah, 4th of July, great, uh, great fun family, family time.
6: Oh, always.
5: It's it's the beginning of summer vacation. It's like
6: that one holiday where all of a sudden you're, (laughs) chummy with your neighbor out in the street.
5: There you go. Hey, man, we met last year at 4th of July. <laughs> <laughs> Live right across the street from you. It's uh, uh it's the time of the year when uh we separate the pretenders from the contenders in baseball.
6: That's correct. That's correct. One could argue in business too, right? Sure. You've yeah. been going <laughs> after your goals. This is the moment where you're like, "Ooh, if I multiply that number by 2, I'm not even close." Not always the case. Some businesses are seasonal. <laughs> But um, then I think you know you got those in in this part of the state of California you got some beautiful summer nights here, you know that's it, true. It gets really warm, but then it stays like 75, 70 at night up the yeah. grade.
5: I was gonna say that doesn't happen in, in my neighborhood. In Hubei, the yeah. fog rolls. It does in. make me miss the Sacramento summers that I enjoyed as a kid. Yeah.
6: Oh my god, you got to be kidding me! I lived there for five years. You want to get stuff done like errands, move to Sacramento because you got to start at 7 a.m. because by <laughs> 10.30, your steering wheel is like a mush. Yeah. I guess I, like I meant so night, summer oh, nights, oh, oh, okay. Sacramento summer okay. nights. Okay, okay. my yeah. bad. You got me fired up. Yeah. No, the days are hot. Never did I run my – I never hot. turned my AC off. <laughs> I'm one of those weird – I mean, I'm 38, so I guess as you get older, this becomes an, an issue, but climate and temperature are, are like high on my list. Like, if if I get home and it's 76 degrees, I'm like, oh man, Mm -hmm. I forgot to turn the AC on. It's hot. And then, of course, I have a 14,000 square foot house, so it gets warm. Gets cool, right. cool down in eight minutes.
1: <laughs> right. Fourteen thousand. He means fourteen hundred. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dang. You My build, bad. Move into the Biltmore Estate or something. Dill. I wasn't sure yeah. if that was an intentional <laughs> <It's> like, exaggeration <laughs> or. <it's like, laughs> fourteen hundred. Yeah, they Might know what I'm. Paint them a little too much <laughs> over there, down. There. Definitely. They knew what I meant. <laughs>
6: yeah and then you got you know <clears throat> then you know kids go back to school. that's fun for these parents <laughs> right
1: <laughs> <laughs> second
6: yeah. half of the year, yeah, you go to thanksgiving, you got Halloween, you got you got Christmas, you got my birthday in there,
5: sure, they're all all the good holidays i I all feel the good like holidays coming up, I feel like yeah,
6: yeah. you can't knock like
5: <laughs> what. <did> I- <laughs> I'm so glad that I've, I've talked with you this morning. Yeah, right? I had such a different well, attitude coming lot in to here. to look and now, forward to. now I feel pretty darn good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you.
6: You're welcome. <laughs> it's, a, it's a talent, you know? It's my God-given talent. I just, oh. I just make people smile.
5: That's great. Great stuff. <sighs> hey, thanks for joining me for a third weekend in a row.
6: Yeah, you're welcome.
5: You're not even in the opening credits. What's I'm with not. that? We're going to well, we have to gotta, change the opening get, we credits. We to
1: get the credits done again. We're going to have to
5: say, and... yeah, I don't know. We're going to ha- name us all. We're just going to have to say, like, yeah. you know, hey, the guys are here, yeah. whatever. Boys are <laughs> the boys are back.
6: The boys are back in town. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, I, yeah. I enjoy it. Um, I will say that my wife has also noticed. It's been the third weekend in a row. I really said that for her. Yeah. she's. I doubt she's listening right now. Okay, um, But... You know, the thing is, this show's not easy to do. It's always nice to get two opinions. Yeah, and I I know for a fact our listeners appreciate us having a couple different hosts. It gives them a, another perspective. Exactly. I was having a chat just uh, just Thursday morning with a, a listener of the show that called in to talk about setting up a mortgage. They want to do they want to buy their first house. They've had some credit issues in the past, and right off the bat i didn't even start the conversation he did saying are you the are you jason or dan or that other guy i got i actually i <laughs> they actually, don't know my name because,
1: yeah i actually got voice recognized yesterday oh yeah cool. from these shows as
5: as host of mortgage or as well, engineer like, for mortgage matters yeah, or the, Jimbo. voice of the jim, fair jim,
1: jim, jim. yeah, from yeah from voice the, of well, fair. <laughs> the fair the fair's coming up in the second half of the year we didn't even yeah, talk about the fair that's right i got the fair yeah, yeah but yeah voice of the fair but uh yeah she recognized me from this show so cool yeah Yeah. yesterday
6: yeah i didn't know that and i was at the fair uh, two years ago and there you were like announcing what was happening next or something going on and i was like that is jim's voice yeah you know no one who i'm with knows who jim is yeah no i love it (laughs) fortunately sorry jim but uh well hey but they did (laughs) then. that's the beauty of radio
1: yeah. <laughs>
6: yeah right, <laughs> right. right. No, that's not me. Yeah. Any yeah. Uh Thank you for saying that, Dan. I'm happy to be here. I'm yeah. going to take yeah. next week off if that's okay.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think you've earned it.
5: <laughs> I think you've earned it. Yeah. Yeah. Jason will be back. I know he got in late last night from his long uh, trip in Hawaii. Well deserved. Celebrating his 20th anniversary. Mm. Congratulations to those lovebirds. So yeah, Jason will be back in action. Mike points. You've got uh, you've got an hour and 45 minutes with me today. I do. Left. Right. And uh, here we, we go. Should, we should fill it. Yeah,
6: let's go. Content.
5: Uh, where to begin? It was a busy news week. End of a quarter. End of a month. It was a busy month for for our company. It was our busiest month of the year um, for home loans. That was nice. We, we had, uh, I'd say, about... 25% increase in volume this month from every month prior this year. Wow. So that was a good good jump. Maybe it's the summer home buying season. It's a sign of that kicking in. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's just luck. I don't know.
6: It's probably a combo. I, I know that the files that came across my desk were predominantly purchase files um, people looking for some down payment assistance to say, I've had it. I, I just don't want to sign another lease. Um, individuals, young families. I got a great young family right now. They're making an offer today on a house. Um, classic scenario. Um, maybe, maybe 30 years old wife's six and a half months pregnant. You know, they want to like get the house, paint the nursery, have the kid move into the house. And I'm just like, wow, you're, your life is way more intense than mine right now, yeah, so giving them guidance that 's those were, those were one of the fun ones you know you give them guidance they 're just like listening to you like you 're going to help change our life, yeah, um, got some refis though, where people are like, you know what i'm i 'm done, the rates aren 't going down right i 'm calling it, help me i 've got a tenure that comes due in three years well um, and
5: i'm 'm glad you brought that up because actually in the last two or three weeks, rates have dipped a lot more than i expected they would i know that going forward you know we're in an upward rate trend yeah so when you really zoom out and look at the big picture you're going to see rates overall moving higher but from week to week month to month depending on the news depending on you know just different things that are going on um you're going to see some fluctuations Mm -hmm. up and down um we had seen the Ten-year Treasury note yield, which we pay a close we pay close attention to, get over three percent. That drove well. That action coincided with mortgage rates moving up to about five percent on a thirty-year loan. Um, I kind of thought once we crossed uh, crossed over that three percent ten-year yield threshold that we'd we'd be there to stay, um, especially knowing that this was all prior to the most recent Fed announcement to hike rates a quarter point. Mm -hmm. And now knowing that they're going to do it two more times, it's just surprising to me that we've now seen the 10 year note yield back off all the way back down to Mm 2.8%. We've seen about a quarter point relief in interest rates. Um, I've been seeing a lot of 30 year fixed loans come through in the 4.625 range. Mm -hmm. Um, Seems to be the prevailing rate right now. So it, if, if refinancing is something that you know you thought you missed out on, or just timing wasn't right for you, now actually there's a little bit of an opportunity presenting itself um, with this small dip in rates that I don't think is really here to to stay for very long. Um, yeah, it's a welcome sight, welcome relief for a lot of people.
6: It can be, yeah. And I think the other thing I'd like to add is just you know people that have been in a FHA loan for two or three years, that appreciation has hit where now we're right in a sweet spot where they could. Not only go from FHA to conventional, but FHA to conventional with no mortgage insurance at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, even even if you come back with a, a appraisal that shows your loan to value is, let's say between 80 and 85% where you need a little bit of mortgage insurance, that's like pennies monthly. Yeah. We're talking 40, 50, 60 bucks a month. Yeah, you have mortgage insurance again. You do a refinance, but that mortgage insurance usually drops off in two and a half, three years. Um, There's
5: options to buy it out right at the beginning. Buy it out with at the single, beginning. A single, a single larger premium. There's a lot of options, and yeah, this this little rate relief that we're experiencing right now is welcome. Um, I wanted to remind people out there that do have adjustable rate mortgages still that might be in a fixed period, or or maybe they've been enjoying some nice low adjusted interest rates on their um, on their arms that are tied to the one year LIBOR index that one year libor is sitting just above two and three quarter percent the prevailing uh margin on an adjustable rate mortgage loan is is two and a quarter two and a quarter some anywhere two between sometimes. two and a quarter to two and three quarters mm-hmm. you know i see them anywhere in there but um you take that two and a quarter at the low end add it to the current um one year LIBOR index of two and three quarters, you're at 5% right there. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 So if you can get a 30 year fixed mortgage today at four and five eighths or four and three quarters, seems like a good deal. You'd be set. You get rid of any interest rate risk from those adjusting rates that are only going to go higher and higher as time goes on. Mm -hmm. Get yourself into a nice fixed rate loan. And maybe you don't want a full 30-year term. You know, we can do any kind of custom term down to eight years. You can do anywhere from a 30-year to an eight-year fixed mortgage.
6: So you could do like a 26-year mortgage.
5: You can do a 26-year mortgage. Okay. You don't really see a big improvement in rate until you get down to like 15 years or lower
6: because of the way they're sold those securities
5: anything that's 16 years to 30 years is all packaged up in a 30-year security and then anything 15 years and lower is packaged into a 15-year security so um
6: so you get a slightly better rate the closer you get to 15 slightly slightly better a little bit maybe an eighth or a quarter at most the real jump is at 15 yeah
5: so but anyways uh opportunity right now rates have dipped a little bit in the last two or three weeks um it's a good time to lock in an interest rate knowing that we're poised for probably two more rate hikes mm-hmm. before the year's up and so just want to remind those people you know a lot of people have been thinking oh the arm's not a bad deal when it adjusts it actually adjusts at a pretty you know still a good low rate Moderate but rate, yeah. you know that's going to change and it's still going to adjust every year where are rate's going to be next year you know, if you're adjusting right now, what about 1 year from now?
6: Yeah, in the past 4 months, um we've seen any any rate has been any rate increase that we've seen in the market, any fluctuation has been way higher than what it's been in the past 4 years when it when it settles. You know, so it's like it's it's going up. It's like a set of lungs right now. It's filling up with air and then it settles back down. Like when we were on this What felt like a rocket launch when we started the year, we started shooting up almost half a point in interest rate. Remember, we were talking Mm -hmm. about fours late last year. Now, four and a half's a good rate, and we weren't quite sure when it was going to slow down. I know I quoted a couple loans with Mm 5.125, five and a quarter for a condo that wanted to get some cash out. Yeah. Then the Italy thing happened right before, right after Memorial Day, maybe right before Memorial Day, I can't remember exactly when, end of May. And now our rates are settling right around where they that date happened, so hmm. four and a half four point six two five is a great rate and i I see it staying there for probably another one to two weeks just settling down I say I make that prediction because I just don't see enough in the next two weeks things happening that are gonna move that around. yeah, so it's a great time to get in. I always say this come in, come in with the intent to have a discussion, don't even. Think you're gonna you're not gonna sign loan docs when you come in and talk with us. Let's look at a couple different proposals. Yeah, people try to to make these decisions from their couch. Come sit with us. Let's have a real conversation.
5: Yeah, it's a pretty low low pressure environment. Totally. (laughs) Um, I think uh, it's a good time to take a pause here. We'll take our first commercial break of the show. We'll continue talking about some of the numbers that came out this week. We had a lot of news, a, lot, a couple housing numbers, another home price um, index this week, revision to GDP, a lot of news um, this week. So we'll we'll just keep on cruising after we come back from this commercial break. Do stick around for more Mortgage Matters.
0: Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832.
2: If you're like most investors, the constant ups and downs of the stock market have you on edge. How do you make sure you keep your gains without jumping ship too soon? At Century Financial Consultants, they have an investment strategy where your money is completely protected against market losses. You go up with the stock market, your gain's locked in, and when the market goes down, you don't lose anything. Literally, you go up, never down, forwards, never backwards. Sounds too good to be true? See for yourself for free. Call Matt at Century Financial Consultants today at 805-324-7914. That's 805-324-7914.
7: Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The most critical part of buying a home is getting pre-approved for a mortgage. Pre-approved buyers are taken more seriously, enjoy a less stressful transaction, and close faster with no last-minute surprises. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved.
2: Just call
7: Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender.
2: California BRE number 018-39608. BBO number six zero five four seven eight three. MLS number 328-358. Where the mortgage experts on the central coast central coast landing
7: Play
5: think, was, ball. It the, was it the baseball game that i went to with you um where
6: that eight-year-old girl the young girl nine-year-old she girl? had a
5: hiccup right at the beginning of the national anthem yeah was that the game you were at yes um
6: we saw them play it was the a really astros. cool
5: moment yeah we mike and i and another friend of ours went to um the a's and astros game what was it maybe a month or two ago now June 14th. June 14th. It wasn't even that long ago. Um, and the they brought out this sweet little girl to swing, sing the national anthem. And I want to say it was like the second line. She just, all of a sudden it went silent. Like she forgot the line. <laughs> yeah. And so then the whole stadium, you could kind of hear them like pick her up. Pick Everybody up. Started, started to, to sing it. Awesome. And it was so cool. And so yeah. everyone got into that mode that we need to yeah. help her along. So the whole stadium s- did the whole song yeah and it was a really cool moment Uh, yeah you know most of the time you're there just to hear some great artist or even an aspiring artist do a much better job than you could ever do
1: but this was more of a community feel it was really a neat moment maybe better sometimes when you have things like that happen
5: it It felt together
6: for sure and and i thought she did a great job at the
5: end definitely definitely after one little confidence it was good and it was just it was neat
1: how everyone pulled together Anyway, Happy Independence Day is coming up on Wednesday. Yeah.
5: Kind of a Indeed. odd day of the week to have it. Yeah. It sure does make Thursday kind yeah. of a mm-hmm. tough no, day. No to... appointments on that day.
1: Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just a good week to take the whole week off. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah. Well, I, I would say this. Um,
1: well, your boss just said that to you, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I'm just going to follow his lead.
5: I'm
1: just going to call yeah. him about I will nine not o'clock. I'll be taking the week <laughs> off.
6: Right, right.
5: In fact, I'll be cramming five days' worth of work into four days.
6: That's the real deal. Yeah, Monday yeah. and Tuesday yeah. look nightmarish.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Like, we have to, around here, we have to have everything done for next weekend by. Monday, basically. Yeah. You it know, becomes a ghost so. <laughs> town Thursday, Friday, right? Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's what's going to happen yeah. in our mm-hmm.
5: our business as well. Um, I do want to remind our listeners here that we're live. And if you'd like to give us a call and voice a, a comment, ask a question, um, you could do that by calling 805-543-8830, 805-543-8830. Or 800-549-5832. Um, we were going to continue on with some news from the week. We uh, Let's see. I said this deal here. We were looking at... Um, uh, we opened the show saying that June was a, a busy month for our company. About a 25% increase in loan volume uh, for June. And wondering if it was a sign of the summer home buying season heating up a little bit. So no, it takes about 30 to 60 days for homes that are, you know, in contract to actually move through the process and close. So mm-hmm. could be a sign of things that started around April or May. Um, so in that spirit, we had our pending home sales numbers this week. Uh, we saw U.S. pending home sales were down a half a percent in May. Um, And the measure actually dropped to a four-month low. And economists were actually predicting a half a point or more increase in that number. So we're definitely going the wrong direction. It's 2.2% lower than a year ago. So year over year, we're down 2.2%. And um, it's the fifth consecutive month of negative year-over-year readings. So I think what that's really showing us is just more of that story about inventory.
6: Yeah, I read a great article. I thought I I thought it was great by um Jan Swanson. She's a a writer for Mortgage Daily News and she talked about people that own their houses now, not even those that are renting looking into getting the buying market, but those who own their houses right now, they're really concerned about what would they get next, you know, if they sold their house, what would they get because of the inventory. So that mm-hmm. that paralysis instantly chips away at inventory right Mm -hmm. we need people swapping houses that's what we that's where we're at right now in the state of california um and if someone's not stepping up to the table to say hey i'll take your house for my house that just makes it tougher not
5: not, only do we need people switching houses we need we need something to give some one party to give first right it feels like a chicken and the egg kind of situation like which one's gonna happen first is someone gonna list their home first or is someone gonna buy their replacement home first like what's going to happen to get this ball really rolling right now Mm -hmm. i think last week we we looked at a national number that there's like 2.9 months of supply or actually i think that was the california uh statistic currently there's less than three months of supply that's extremely low inventory right it's the reason we're seeing continued um you know above normal appreciation yep competitive offer situation, all that kind of thing.
6: Multiple offers lead to higher prices because yeah. that agent, that listing agent was smart enough to sit tight on an offer for a week. And then he or she got four of them and said, Hey, give me your best and final offer. That offer goes, the highest offer usually wins. Sometimes it's terms, right? right, right. But then that, that price records because they took the highest offer and then the next appraisal, in that neighborhood goes off of that recording price. So then it justifies the next higher price. Then it justifies the next higher price. And, and it, it begins to be what I would, I mean, even myself, I don't know what I would buy right now if I listed my house. Yeah. I don't know that I would want to, I don't want to do that Yeah, personally where I'm at in my life. Sure.
5: As I look around at different listings, I'm always trying to keep, keep aware of all the, the current listings or at least just have a good idea of what's out there and yeah things are expensive for the condition expensive for the square footage um you know things that might be in my price range just aren't finished the way i would expect or i would hope it needs a lot of work and i know what you know i've i've done a home remodel i know what some of that stuff costs and Mm -hmm. it's not cheap Mm-mm. You know, to remodel a home and get it either up to date or just more in the style that you like, that it can be a very expensive endeavor to make those kind of improvements to a home. So if you're going to anticipate needing to do that, you don't want to spend top dollar just to get the home in the first place because you won't even be able to afford to do the improvements. So it's it's a really difficult situation out there.
6: Um, and I'm talking about people who already own. Let's talk about people that don't own.
5: Right. Yeah, that's... Yeah. We, we went through the rent versus own last week discussion last week, and I think we've concluded that it's always better to own. Mm -hmm. Um, so what's the other option? I mean, I guess new homes are, are kind of another option to consider. Um, there's more and more new homes reaching the market, thankfully, Mm -hmm. but still not quite at a pace that's necessary just to keep up with demand. Um, we saw new home sales for May. Uh, we saw that report, um, it was good, but not great. We saw a year-over-year um, increase of new home sales, 6.7% increase. And no, 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 I take that back. That was just a month-over-month. The actual year-over-year new home sales was 14% higher. So that's that's really good to see more and more new homes being sold, but the annual pace of new home sales is under seven hundred thousand, so we've talked a lot on this show over the years about what is needed just to keep up with population growth and, and we believe it's somewhere north of a million homes um anywhere between one and two million homes needed just to keep up with population growth and and replacing you know old old inventory as well and here we're you know we're maybe at half of what we need to be right so
6: We've got some in the next six months, six to eight months, six to nine months. Uh we're getting vertical on a couple projects here in San Luis proper. Um so that's positive. And I've had the discussion with quite a few people of how that's going to impact their existing home. But I, I mean I don't have a crystal ball, right, Dan? Right. I mean, but but the wave in which these home builders release properties, these phases that they release them in, it's not like eighty five homes are ready. Run, get your home. Right. It's like twelve. And let's put those in contract Yeah, and let's build those and let's close those and then let's release 18 and then let's sell those. So it's not like windfall of housing, No, which is smart on their part. It's smart because you control demand, which means you can control price, which means you can control operations. I mean, what if some of these fall behind?
5: Sure. I think there's definitely a strategic component depending on the builder. It could also just be out of sheer necessity that... Absolutely. You put all, capacity, your, right? all your money into play <laughs> yeah. with these, these homes that you're building, and then you need to get some of that right. money back so that right. you can do it all over again.
6: Yeah. You don't get a cash out mortgage and take that whole thing to the chip <laughs> table right. at Vegas. You start with 500 bucks.
5: <laughs> I built out $3 trillion worth of property. Now let's go sell it. <laughs> yeah. Now you're going to do it a little chunk at a time.
6: And by the way, yeah. listeners, if you're ever sitting with a loan officer and they yeah. ask you what the cash out refinance is for, don't say because you're going to Vegas. <laughs>
1: Thanks,
6: so, man. anyways, yeah, it's a client.
1: Uh, well, I don't know, this kind of goes, I don't think it goes along with, but I, I th- there's been a commercial actually playing here on, on KBC, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one plays a lot, actually. You know, I got a little jingle in your head with that one. Um, but anyway, about combining your credit card um, uh, bills with your mortgage and kind of lumping it all into one big bill, and what do, sure. you, what do you think about that? I mean, is that a good idea or no? It really—the
5: answer is it depends. I yeah. I wouldn't be quick to advise someone to do that. Yeah, um, I'm never a proponent of taking a short-term debt and and stretching it out over right. a long-term mortgage yeah. mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the interest cost becomes yeah. outrageous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I consider a credit card a short-term debt. And maybe that's that's the way I use a credit card mm-hmm. is a, a, a an easy form of payment that I try to pay off every month. Yeah. I know other people... Um, are in a situation where the credit card is a necessity and it's a way to continue to afford day-to-day life and they're not able to pay off the credit card every month. Living
6: outside of your means, um, to some people would say. So,
5: you know, if that's the situation and you're stretched to the last penny to make your housing payment, to make your auto payment, and uh, make the minimum payment on credit cards, and consolidating debt into one more affordable payment can ease that burden a little bit for you, then that would be a situation where it it might make some sense. And if that helps you, maybe you have a couple hundred bucks left over to start paying down principal on some of these things. I I can get on board with that. But if you're just consolidating debt to free up credit cards, to charge them back up, to consolidate debt and go through that cycle, I do not think that's a good idea.
6: Well, that's an extreme. I think Dan, a lot of people will say, I hit a bump in the road. And I've got to fix this bump in the road because my, now my income statement, my expenses are way too high. I'm treading water on debt management. I can't even pay these things down. Sure. They, what I would say though is it's, it's a, it's a tease really. It's a, your static balance sheet looks the same because none of the debt changed, Right. The debt went from credit card debt to mortgage debt. Right, but went, total debt's the same. Total debt's the same. Income statement usually improves because usually these we're going to spread this debt out over 360 right. months. It's going to be a way lower payment. What I find that people don't think about, though, is um, how much interest are you going to pay on that debt that you just rolled into your mortgage? Yeah. You have to think about that Seems over the life of your loan. But I, I, what I fully appreciate is if people are thinking, look, I want to take on this mortgage and I want to keep making the payment that I was making to the minimum payments that I was making to these credit cards. I need to add that back to my mortgage. Let's get that thing paid off in less time because as you add that monthly payment that you were adding or you know the minimum to your principal balance, you'll start chipping off years off the back of the mortgage. Mm-hmm. When you go to sell the house in six years, you're going to get more equity than you would have if you just made the minimum payment to the mortgage. You know,
5: so yeah, I think that that situation, Jim, if it's something where you're you're feeling choked a little bit mm-hmm. by cash flow, um, you just don't have enough money to do to even just really enjoy enjoy anything. You know, you don't have yeah. that discretionary income to go to the movies or to go yeah. out to dinner a yeah. couple times a month or something. Then, yeah, I think that's a situation where you want to strongly consider some debt consolidation. But if that's, you have to be honest with yourself about your spending habits, about what you're going to do when the credit cards are pay off, paid mm-hmm. off, you know, what, what are you really going to do? Have a really honest conversation with yourself and figure that out and decide if it's the right move.
1: Well, I was just thinking, you know, I mean, you could put it like a hundred dollars onto the credit card and then and it goes against your, into your mortgage thing and. Maybe your hundred dollar that you could have just paid off that month turns into be several thousand dollars because it's stretched out over a certain year. Well, years, that's extreme. You
5: know? I mean, what you could if you're going to take but, like
1: a thousand dollars of
5: credit card debt and turn it into uh, a mortgage, yeah. y- you can plan on pay, repaying two grand for yeah. that portion of the debt. About eighty one percent. You're roughly going to double it. Yeah, a little yeah. less than double. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's. it's if you're going to transfer 10 grand from a credit card, you're going to pay 20 grand to pay it off if you, yeah, if you turn it ridiculous. into a 30 year debt, it's ridiculous. but you're at welcome. the same time, you're looking at 20 plus percent interest on a credit card. And if, if you're making no headway on paying down the right. the balance on that credit card, I'd, I'd sure rather pay 5% than 20, whatever percent yeah. and never make any progress. So it's mm. just, it's something where it it's part of, it's part of how we consult clients as we, we. We look at it. We talk about it. We figure out what the options are and what makes the most sense.
6: Yeah. Because you still have to look at the property. You still have to do an appraisal and see how much you can take cash out against. Your yeah. interest rate's going to go higher. But we digress. So what What else was in the news this week?
5: Um, we had the Case-Shiller Home Price Index. And this one um, seems to be pretty in line with the... Uh, I think last week we shared the FHFA index as well as some... Statistics from the California Association of Realtors, Um, the FHFA, if I remember correctly, was right around 6.8% year-over-year increase. This Case-Shiller Index is up 6.6% year-over-year. It's their 20-city index, so they look at 20 of the largest metros. Um, The Case-Shiller Index is based on home sales. They're working off contract data. Whereas the FHFA is working off of appraisal data. So that can also take into account um, uh, refinance transactions as well. Any transaction that involves an appraisal uh, gets counted in the FHFA index. And the Case Schiller is really le- just looking at sales.
6: And that's really more conservative, I think, Dan. I can't tell you how many times I've had people get an appraisal because they want to get a little cash out or do a rate and term. And it doesn't really matter what the value of their house comes in at because we know we know that they're not selling it we know we just want to loan the value that's favorable for them. And I see a lot of those refinances come in what I think would be lower than what the house could sell for. Yeah. Because I think there's no so purchase too. agreement driving that appraiser to say, hmm, you yeah. know, it's in the range. It right. could sell for that price. There's or, kind
5: of a different mission for the appraiser in a purchase scenario. I mean, I guess
6: no, I think you're right. There's just I think a there's different a duty to justify the price.
5: Yeah, and there's there's more information, right? In the, in a refinance transaction, an appraisal an appraiser is kind of shooting blind on what the objective is. You know, they know it's a refinance. They don't necessarily know the loan amount. They don't know what everyone's hoping the home right. is going to appraise for. So they're just going out. They're gathering data. They're made, They're they're coming to a conclusion. In a purchase transaction, it starts off on a completely different foot right they're they're one of the first things they're provided is a copy of the purchase contract so they see what the target is yes and then um the whole process is just that that number is known and in mind from the very beginning
6: heavily scrutinized in a purchase not really scrutinized at all in a refinance scrutinized in the sense that like they want to see these okay where do you get this figure how is how is it less than the price we're in contract Mm -hmm. for if you're the seller if you're the buyer you're like oh yay
5: Well, and I think... It came
6: in in lower than what we're in contract. Maybe the seller will just drop our price.
5: I think it's... And I'm not saying that any of this is bad. No, Um, no. I know you're not. I think that...
6: We're just elaborating on the, the differences.
5: An appraiser believes in the market. They believe that... The reason that this price is in this purchase contract is because two willing parties came together and negotiated a sales price and this was it. Mm-hmm. And the market worked and that is representative of market value. So now I need to go justify that because that is what happened. Correct. Um, but sometimes, even in that situation, it's hard to justify it because of what you kind of described earlier with the way you know a new ho- a home sold. It's competitive. It might go above what other like homes have been selling for. It's setting a new high water mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it can be challenging for an appraiser to justify. It's
6: a terrific check balance system that we have. It's terrific because, you know, you just don't know what that listing agent, how they got to that price, you know, and how they accepted, the seller accepted. The seller might've accepted based on the fact that the buyer let the seller stay in the home for two months after it sold. And so they, they offered him a price of $10,000 less. Many times the appraiser will come back and say, Hey, you're in contract for 615, but I'm telling you this house is worth 625. You know, and the buyer sees that appraiser, the seller doesn't see it, but the buyer sees that it, they've got a good deal here. They're in price contract for $615 and it's $10,000 more.
5: In this uh, Case-Shiller index, the 20-city index, there were three cities that saw double-digit annual gains, Seattle, San Francisco, and Las Vegas, so all in the western part of the United States, still showing double-digit year-over-year price appreciation. Um, and then of the 20 cities, half of the cities were higher than their 2006 peaks and the other half were still below that.
6: When you say higher, do you mean um, like appreciation percentage higher or No, value? like
5: the actual uh, median value. Got it. The actual median value um, it, today is... Um, higher than the 2006 peak for half of the 20 cities in this case shiller index Mm -hmm. and the other 10 cities in the 20 city index are still below their 2006 peak right so kind of interesting you know we are in our own little bubble here on the coast of california where things have far surpassed um the 2006 highs
6: yeah but at least most we have people listening on the web Um, not just locally. And I know, you know, my father is probably listening today. He lives up in San Mateo, California, which is a suburb of San Francisco. He's getting people knocking on his door weekly. Hey, we'd like to sell your house. You know, listing agents wanting to sell his house. His house is probably worth 1.7, 1.6 million, you know, and it's a nice house, but it's just the the demand in those metropolitan areas are crazy. So it just, it doesn't surprise me that they're seeing 10% returns in San Francisco. Um, I've not been to Seattle for a long, long time, but, um, I've heard some buzz there. Denver is getting a lot of traffic. I don't think Denver is a major metropolitan area though.
5: Beautiful area though.
6: Yeah. Beautiful. Um, airports a little far from that one.
5: We're going to take a, Another quick break here and uh, we'll jump back at it. We've got a little more news to cover. Um, in the second hour, I'd like to talk about a great way for first-time buyers to get into um, a home with very little money out of pocket, if any at all. Uh, it's the Cal HFA down payment assistance program um, that you can pair with a conventional or FHA loan. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about that and what it takes to qualify for that type of loan program. Um so, a couple things that I'll tease there. But we're going to step aside just for a couple minutes to thank our sponsors. Uh, stick around for more Mortgage Matters.
0: To ask a question or make a comment, call 543 8830 or 800 549 5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors.
2: If you're like most investors, the constant ups and downs of the stock market have you on edge. How do you make sure you keep your gains without jumping ship too soon? At Century Financial Consultants, they have an investment strategy where your money is completely protected against market losses. You go up with the stock market, your gain's locked in, and when the market goes down, you don't lose anything. Literally, you go up, never down, forwards, never backwards. Sounds too good to be true? See for yourself for free. Call Matt at Century Financial Consultants today at 805-324-7914. That's 805-324-7914.
7: Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. Too often potential home buyers disqualify themselves believing they need perfect credit. The fact is, we can finance home buyers with low credit scores, collections, bankruptcy, foreclosure, or short sale. Before you meet with a realtor, step 1 is to get pre-approved.
2: Just call 543-LOAN. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 605-4783. MLS number 328-358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason.
6: That's right, America. You're listening to Mortgage Matters. We're here on Saturday morning, the Saturday before the 4th of July. Good chance you're on your way to Costco right now, (laughs) getting those delicious hot dogs, hamburgers. Mm -hmm. And you're probably wondering what type of dessert you're going to have.
1: Well, they have all sorts of red, white, and blue things now, too. Sure. Mm -hmm. It's
6: It's not American if it's not red, white, and blue. But I, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about my Fourth of July plans.
1: Me too. I can yeah, see
6: wiffle ball actually. in my future. Yeah. <laughs> Probably some cold beer. Mm, yeah. Good chance I'll have Sounds a nice. one of those like sparklers in my hand about eight p.m. I just, I just, you just can't really beat Fourth of July in my that book awesome. for yeah. a summer transitional holiday. Right? That's just true. puts it right on the map.
1: Yeah. That's for sure.
6: Get outside. Get the grill going
1: quintessential American holiday. Oh yeah. Obviously. Yep. Don't know if the Brits like it so much, but
6: <coughs> well, that's why we that's why we do fireworks so they can see us.
1: <laughs> no, Anyways, I think they got over it a long time ago.
6: Yeah. <laughs> Who knows. They've got their own issues.
5: Uh, let's see here. Let's finish up the week in review. We had uh gone through The the meaty housing numbers. We had um, durable goods orders, I think, is a kind of a big deal. That's our big purchases. Goods that are supposed to last for three years or longer. Talking your home appliances, your autos, machinery, uh, different things like that. Those durable goods orders fell 0.6% in May following a 1% decline in April. Mm Mm-hmm. Big drop in new orders for cars and trucks. And um, just starting to question whether or not this is related to the trade disputes, the tariffs. um, Right. Which probably should talk because there's been some developments there this week with the. Yeah, talk about American
6: iconic manufacturer harley davidson harley
5: davidson getting targeted um, for some tariffs um which this is kind of a surprise to me i didn't think about how tariffs i mean we've been the thinking, counter move yeah we've been thinking move. what are the counter moves Ah, oh, well we've thought yeah. okay the u.s is going to announce tariffs and then the other country is going to announce tariffs back and is that just going to slow trade Well, we failed to recognize the party caught in the middle, the actual retailer manufacturer in this example, Harley Davidson. Hey, well, they have a dog in this fight, too. Yeah. Are they just going to sit by in the middle as these two countries battle it out over, you know, what the cost of entry into the various, you know, into their respective countries are going to be to actually sell this product to the consumer? No, they're not gonna stand by. they're gonna take action. Mm-hmm. Harley-Davidson this week announced that they're gonna be moving production overseas so that they can avoid some of these tariffs. Yeah. Um, they have 40,000 customers in Europe alone. Um, they're not gonna have those 40,000 customers have to pay an extra 2200 bucks per bike to you know buy their bike. That's gonna slow consumption of what they're producing. So yeah. they're gonna just move production. And now it's no longer an import into that foreign country. Right. Brilliant. Yeah. And now I'm seeing that Polaris is considering the same move. Um, uh, Indian Motorcycles is considering a similar move as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Late on Friday, I saw one of the car giants, GM, was saying that these tariffs on steel is going to um, hurt jobs growth in the u.s i can only imagine you know i didn't get too deep into it i was busy closing out my month and preparing for the show but you know probably the similar type of thought here well if you're going to have these tariffs that are going to affect our ability to sell our product in other countries we're just we've already got plants in other places Mm -hmm. we're just going to ramp up production there
6: and it's not a full cut and paste i mean they'll they'll still have production here but a significant portion of the production will go overseas
5: they're just going to restructure yeah we're the things that we're selling overseas we're going to start building more of it overseas right. to avoid these tariffs right so
6: and then and then you have the rewrap. yeah so we could go down the rabbit hole but i think w- one thing that makes sense on this show to mention is you know if before you're like steel i don't buy steel like I buy bread and milk and stuff, but I'll tell you what you do depend on is that income coming from your major household earner. If that household earner has just been told, "Hey, we got to cut your hours," or you know, we got we just don't have a job for you unless you want to start making another product for us, or or now that the job force that stays here, it you know, you're not as seasoned as these other guys. We got to keep the the seniors, the the gal or, the guy that's senior above you. Yeah. That starts affecting people big
5: time. The thing that gets lost in this whole trade dispute in particular with the steel manufacturing, you know, justifying it by, by, you know, improving steel workers, you know, ability to maintain or grow those jobs. There's far more jobs dependent on purchasing the cheap, cheaper steel then there are jobs in the actual steel industry. So, And, you know, now we're looking at tariffs on other products. And, um, you know, this could now affect job growth or, you know, could lead jobs away. Mm -hmm. Um, We're seeing what now Canada. uh, This is another thing I saw late on Friday. Canada effective tomorrow is going to be targeting 12 billion dollars in u.s products with tariffs um you know and they're doing very targeted products to try to hurt the trump uh you know bid for re-election in a couple years i I saw one in particular they're targeting um you know nearly three billion dollars of the the imports being targeted are yogurt that are manufactured at one specific plant in wisconsin which is right in paul ryan's uh you know, district or whatever. So targeted moves by the other countries. I saw that China, in addition to, you know, announcing tariffs on um, American products, they were, they were doing away with tariffs from other Asian countries that manufacture some of the same products that they were getting from the U S Yeah. so it's just heating up here and it'll be interesting to keep our eye on that. See how it affects trade in general. We're getting forced out into the top of the hour break. Um, Got about five minutes here that we're going to have some news and sponsor commercials and stuff. And then we'll be back for another hour of Mortgage Matters. So hope you stick around and enjoy the second hour of Mortgage Matters after this commercial break.
0: You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show.
5: Patriotic, uh, pre Fourth of July edition of Mortgage Matters. Nice alliteration there, Dan. Like that?
6: Couldn't get another P in because it's almost difficult to cut these songs
1: off. You know, <laughs> I know it feels <laughs> unAmerican. We <laughs> couldn't do it with a <laughs> national anthem. <laughs> yeah, land, you know, we could. <laughs> obviously, you cannot. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, but this one, yeah, it's kind of like it keeps going, and it's, they're great music too.
5: Um we ended the first hour talking about news from the week, a little bit about some of the trade wars that are heating up. Um I don't know if there's anything else to conclude. It's just something to continue to watch.
6: I would yeah, I would just say that, you know. It it's it's no wonder that everything is kind of staying settled in the bonds market. You know, the Dow did did shoot up early yesterday morning for the first time and it felt like a a week about 300 points i don't know where it's settled i didn't see the end of day but i think everything's kind of like all right well we're just gonna sit back on the couch and see what happens here because we are in a poker match
5: yeah we are for sure and a couple there was an you know what i would consider an unexpected play this week with uh the harley announcement to move some production overseas and now all of a sudden you're wondering how many other Mm -hmm. manufacturers might come up with the same move uh gm hinting that that might be something you'll see in the auto industry if you know not only steel tariffs but now there's also talk about auto tariffs specifically which can get very complicated too because of the way the supply chain moves back and forth across borders same thing with aviation yeah so some of that stuff seems like it would be impossible to even really account for and implement so we'll see something to just keep keep watching and yeah and learning i do think that it's it's A big factor in why we're seeing those 10-year yields push down a little bit uh, from their their recent highs Mm -hmm. Um, possibly uh, could affect GDP. That's what we're really going to want to keep our eye on here going forward in the third quarter. We saw um, first quarter GDP, a revision, uh, was uh, revised down a little bit to 2% growth for the second quarter. Um, so we'll, we'll see what Q3 looks like. I've, I heard, well, we're going to start to see Q2 numbers come out, but it'll be interesting to see how the year progresses. Um, I saw, or I I heard someone predicting that Q2 is going to come in around 4%, which would be a nice, nice number. The second and third quarters are, have, have been our strong quarters. Have really carried the years for us here in the last decade or so. So we 'll see if that trend continues. I expect that it will
6: yeah, but uh-huh. in the g d p is not stock buyback, which is what a lot of corporations have been doing. you know i'd like to see capital expenditures more for g d p growth, but we're just we're just going to see that 's why you have to tune in every week to mortgage
5: matters <laughs> um let 's see i have, i think we're we're getting down to the end of the important news for the week. I guess the last thing that 's catching my eye is just uh, Inflation numbers, you know, we always talk about consumer and producer price indices. Uh, there's another one; it's the PCE index, which is actually the the inflation gauge that the Federal Reserve uses to determine policy. That inflation index rose 0.2 um, percent for May, so just right, right at the target uh, that the Fed has set of about two to three percent inflation for. Uh, for a calendar year. So um, what mm-hmm. else? The uh, consumer spending was held down a little bit in May by weak auto sales. And uh, we saw disposable personal income was up 0.4%. So that's a nice nice number. The savings rate was up a little bit for May. Um, so all in all, it continue, continue to look at the landscape of economic numbers and it all is just inching its way in a positive direction, I think. Maybe with... Other than than housing sales, which are kind of down just because yeah. of that inventory issue.
6: But this time of year, it's nice to hear that OPEC decided to release some more supply, right? We saw those gas prices drop a little bit.
5: Should be good, yeah.
6: Should be. I mean, everyone's filling up the gas tank and going somewhere this time of year.
5: It's true. One it's of our true. good
6: friends just drove to Arizona and back in a 15-person van.
5: It's got to be an efficient vehicle. Well, it's good for 15 people.
6: Yeah. I mean, you get... You just divide, the, the yeah. Show. You just divide the, <laughs> divide the cost of the gas by fifteen. Yeah, it's like getting yeah, a VRBO. Good.
5: Yeah, what? It seems like local gas prices are kind of in the high threes right now.
6: Yeah, California is so
5: crazy. It still feels. I mean, how? When was it though that we had that four dollar plus gas? I mean, that was right at the thirteen. Yeah, 14? I want to say it was like the the trough of the recession. It was like a terrible time gas was really expensive everybody was trading in their mm-hmm. gas guzzling trucks for it's fuel hybrids. efficient hybrids and yeah, you know, plus yeah smart cars. there was some
1: <laughs> going from a big old truck to a smart car <laughs> there's some tax yeah. incentives to do so at <laughs> right. that
5: time the, right. the cash for clunkers type of deal mm-hmm. um you know and then gas moved back down at or below right right around three dollars a gallon it felt like such relief and yeah we could all buy our big gas guzzling trucks again yeah right <laughs> um yeah moving its way back up to four four bucks a gallon luckily i don't drive a lot so right it doesn't bother me too too much
6: but there are people that do a good friend of mine drives every day every day like probably 100 miles a day
5: yeah Well, I even saw some of our service providers like, uh, you know, the water company that comes and delivers water to our office locations. They during that time period, they tacked on a fuel surcharge Mm -hmm. that hasn't gone. That didn't go away when gas moved (laughs) back down. It just continued to be this additional charge that was on our statement. Um, Maybe they just
6: bought a bunch of gas during that time <laughs> and they're still using no, I it. I
5: think they got their customers comfortable paying for their fuel and they said, hey, this is a great way to recoup revenue, right. recoup a business expense. So that's... Sounds stated. like a class action suit.
6: <laughs> Speaking of new first-time homebuyers... Yeah, let's talk about and that. And their, oper- their options for down payment, I want to just say, kick off really quick, Dan, that says that the number... One and two reasons people are having hard times buying houses other than price is either the cash down amount, they don't have enough to, saved up for cash down, or credit issues in their past that they're trying to get through and fix. So it's not income. People have the income. They can afford, the, they can qualify, they can get approved, but they don't have the cash. What do we do Cash for, for down, down
5: payment. Yeah, it's a, it's a struggle. And it's, there's... It's a struggle for a variety of reasons. One one of the biggest issues with you know coming up with that money to close is just having an unreal unrealistic expectation or outdated expectation of what's required for down payment to buy a first home. Mm-hmm. Um, too often, I continue to see this, you know need perpetuated in major media, small little articles here and there that you need 20% to buy a home, 20% down to buy a home. And it's just not true, nor is it what most buyers are are coming to the table with in today's market.
6: And I'm just going to say that it may not even be economically intelligent.
5: No, I, I think last week you spent some time talking about the the cost of waiting to buy a home and we see it every month with the home price indices that come out that you know we continue to see median home prices going up six mm-hmm. plus percent i mean in california the number closer to nine percent mm-hmm. year over year appreciation so if your thought is I need 20% to buy that median home that's north of $500,000, you've are you got a $100,000 or more target in mind. How long does it take the average family to come up with $100,000 in cash to put down on a home? Yeah. Does it take a year? Does it take two years? Does it take three years? Yeah. I don't know. Does it take longer than that?
6: Um, and let's be honest, people. Saving money is like a round of golf. You can have a couple good months in a row where you're like, man, I did it. Yes, did it again. Boom. And then there's that one hole where you lose your ball twice in the water or you forget how to putt. And what I mean by that is you got to change the tires, right? It costs a thousand bucks to change your tires You got a on your
5: major, truck. major service on your vehicle that right. costs a thousand bucks.
6: Don't drive yourself nuts trying to get to 20% while you're chasing the appreciation train.
5: Right. Yeah. Because too quickly that, that $500,000 home is going to become a $550,000 home or a $600,000 home. And then your down payment to reach that 20% goes from a hundred grand to 110 grand to 120 grand. Yeah. Um, and and you're sitting here saving for a number that continues to get bigger and bigger. Um, here's what we see: whether it's a first-time home buyer or even a move-up buyer, an experienced homeowner, um, more often than not, we're seeing them buy a home with less than 20 percent down, and they're either getting a conventional loan with mortgage insurance or an FHA loan that has mortgage insurance. Or they're using a VA loan product that mm-hmm. has still has a mortgage insurance component, but it's or it's a funding fee. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so there's lots of different avenues to get in. Every loan program out there has some kind of you know three or five percent down or even zero percent down option, um, but it comes with a mortgage insurance component. So yeah, it's an additional expense that you have to think about. But you have to think about the alternatives. Mm-hmm. You know. home appreciations continuing to go at an above normal clip. So that's going to continue to raise the bar for what you have to save. And all the while you could get in with a lower down payment and you could gain a little bit of equity just through ownership.
6: Your purchasing power is being affected by how the rates go up, you know, in a, in a $400,000 mortgage, if your rate goes up a quarter point, that's a 55, $65 a month increase in what your payment is. Now if you say that's fine I can swallow that pill you may be pushing yourself into a debt to income ratio that we can't give you the funds it's not so much what you're willing to allow but I hear you out there Mr. And Mrs. Devil's advocate that says well yeah but the market's cyclical so it's going to you know it's going to come back down and I'm going to have cash when it comes back down That is your preference that's your play it's your prerogative and if it happens for you great but make sense of where you put that money and save it in a way that you can get to it when the market does change.
5: But even if the market does change and there is some plateauing of prices or even a, a, a depreciation cycle that's small, I, I still have a hard time seeing that in the next three or even five years. Yeah. People but it's s- possible. You know, I, I've seen crazier things. Um, what are interest rates doing at that time? Right. Are I mean right now we we are there's Our economy high expectation is for well. Right. Economic numbers are positive. We've been led to believe uh, through a very transparent Fed that um, we're going to see two more quarter point rate hikes this year mm-hmm. and likely another 3 to 4 next year. Mhm. Possibly even a a pickup in the pace of rate hikes going forward. So let's say we do see some some cyclical event here in housing where where maybe prices do go down ever so slightly, but it's two years out. Yeah, are rates then going to be six percent mm-hmm. when that occurs? Well, four and a half percent today uh, at a five hundred and fifty thousand dollar home price versus. Six percent, you know, maybe at a f- Let, let's let's yeah, say we see some a- reduction in price, maybe five twenty five or five hundred thousand dollars. Payments are about equivalent, right? So it's not like, yeah, you've got your your cash is king or whatever. But sure. I don't know. It's you have to weigh it all out. You have to do the math. You have to think about it. Um, how likely is that depreciation event to actually occur given the demand and the the, the pace of building new homes?
6: Mm-hmm.
5: You have to think about all that. Yep. Um, so, again, what we see most commonly is someone coming to the table to buy a home, whether it's a first-time buyer or a move-up buyer, an experienced home buyer. Uh, we're seeing them come up with to, to buy a home with less than 20% down.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: We're seeing them use some of these products that involve mortgage insurance, um, for a long while in our area, which is deemed a rural area by, you know, density standards, sure. uh, we were using USDA financing to help people buy homes for a hundred percent financing, zero down. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to get into a home here in our area. Saw people buy a beautiful home in Los Osos for around four hundred grand for literally literally five hundred dollars out of pocket. Yeah. Um, as home prices have, have continued to move up, if they as the median home price in our county has eclipsed five hundred and even five hundred and fifty thousand dollars, it's become nearly impossible to use that USDA loan program to buy a home because they cap the debt to income ratios. At 29% for the housing expense versus your gross monthly income, Mm -hmm. and 41% for total debts versus your gross monthly income, and when you just when you talk about a four hundred and fifty thousand dollar home at a four and a half interest rate, I'm just kind of throwing out some ballpark numbers here. um, At 100% financing on USDA, you're looking at a payment that you know when you look at the income limit. For that program, it's you just can't do it. The numbers don't work out to where that USDA loan works for you. You're allowed in this up to
6: eighty nine thousand dollars a year in household income. So anyone over the age of eighteen needs to report income. So even if you're not using your spouse on the loan to help you qualify, you have to use your spouse or significant other. Yeah, it's like four hundred fifteen thousand is the cap out. Where the housing expense...
5: And that's if you have no consumer debt whatsoever.
6: That's what I was going to say. It's just the housing expense is usually the first hurdle we got to get over in this race where we can't have the P, the principal and interest, the insurance taxes, the mortgage insurance. It can't be higher than... 29% is a good number. You can get as high as 34%. It's somewhere in that range. We approve you before you So a third of your
5: income, but if your maximum household income for a a household size of four people is what, just should I have ninety grand? Um so what, we're talking about seventy five hundred, eight thousand, not yeah, not even it's it's less than eight thousand dollars a month. Um and you can only use a third of that yeah, towards seventy
6: four hundred dollars a 7, month. Seventy
5: four hundred. So a third of that's like twenty five hundred dollars. Twenty five hundred bucks is going to get you about yeah. a four hundred thousand dollar home at one hundred percent financing. When you factor in taxes and insurance, um, you know that that's about your limit is four hundred thousand. But that's not the median home price in our area. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other great loan no, program to get in with a zero down payment requirement is VA. Right. That's I mean that's the ideal situation if you can qualify for a VA loan do that that's the way to go but
6: small condition
5: yeah you got to be a veteran (laughs) yeah Uh, i mean
6: you do you do and
5: and or a spouse of a veteran and that's just there's a limited number of people that qualify for that program so how else can you get in without coming up with a significant amount of savings um there's a great program And I want to talk about it when we come back. We do have to take a commercial break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about Cal HFA. It's a California housing finance authority offers some down payment assistance. Mm -hmm. Um, And I shouldn't limit it to down payment assistance. They offer home buying assistance, both for down payment monies and for closing costs. That's right. So um, great opportunity to buy a home here in San Luis Obispo County, realistic income, limits right. for this county, realistic debt to income ratio limits for this county that can allow you to realistically buy
2: and the median yeah.
5: home in San Luis Obispo County with no money down. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk more about that on Mortgage Matters.
0: Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832.
2: If you're like most investors, the constant ups and downs of the stock market have you on edge. How do you make sure you keep your gains without jumping ship too soon? At Century Financial Consultants, they have an investment strategy where your money is completely protected against market losses. You go up with the stock market, your gains locked in, and when the market goes down, you don't lose anything. Literally, you go up, never down, forwards, never backwards. Sounds too good to be true? See for yourself for free. Call Matt at Century Financial Consultants today at 805-324-7914. That's 805-324-7914.
7: Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's a common myth that home buyers need to save a 20% down payment to buy a home. The fact is, we offer numerous zero-down and low-down payment loan programs. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543-LOAN. Central Coast
2: Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRE number 01839608. California DBO number 6054783. NMLS number 328358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending.
4: For amber waves of rain
6: this is this this is the scene in Sandlot where they play on 4th of July at night yeah. and Majesty. Benny hits a home run and they're all they all look to go see where the ball goes and when they turn they see the fireworks yeah, yeah. and they realize
4: well, now wait a minute
1: wait a minute I'm talking about you got that <laughs> <America>. <laughs> yeah yeah
5: Fourth of July, baseball, mom, and apple pie.
1: (laughs) Can't
6: wait. (laughs) You had me until mom. (laughs) I don't know why you threw mom in there, but I guess mom makes the apple pie.
5: It's America without mom. It was my mom's birthday yesterday, by the way. Oh, cool. Happy birthday. I already wished her a happy birthday. My niece's birthday was
6: yesterday. Elizabeth. First year.
5: First birthday? Yeah. Oh, We're going to
1: celebrate cool. in July. Yeah, boy. Nobody can sing the song like Ray, man. No, that's
5: a great song. Yeah. Yeah. Gives you that.
6: race,
1: like one of my favorites. A little bit, huh? Yeah, and he's kind of, <coughs> you know, he came from nothing and, right. and shows what you can do in America, basically. Thank you for Dude. that, Jim. That's It's
5: yeah. a, a great, great song. Great yeah. rendition. Um, so we uh we
6: set the table
5: set the table I think pretty well for the down payment and closing cost assistance um Cal HFA program that we want to talk about a little bit this is ideal for the first time home buyer um it is one of those programs that is limited there, there is a caveat for a non first time home buyer. If they've lost their home in a disaster where they'll make an accommodation, but it's, it's a first time home buyer down payment assistance program is really what it's aimed at.
6: Meaning it's, all the way, right? Like you, you can't have ever owned a home.
5: Right. Right. Not like
6: the 36 month bubble that most people are accustomed right.
5: to. Right. This is, this is for entry to home ownership. is American what this, dream. This is for, get a slice. Um, it is an income-restrictive program, but as I alluded to, the income limitations are realistic for our area. So it's it's by county. Each county has a different limit. Um, the lowest in any county is $118,550 for a, uh, the applicants. And that's another difference. Um, between the USDA program and this program, USDA is based on household mm-hmm. who 's going to be living in that home. We want to count their income whether or not they 're actually borrowing for the the loan anyone who 's who's going to reside in the home, their income has to be factored into that eighty nine thousand dollar income limit for USDA. For this Cal HFA, it's limited to applicants' right. income, so there's a difference right there. Again, the lowest of any county in California uh, for this income limit is going to be one hundred and eighteen thousand and change. For San Luis Obispo County, we're talking about one hundred and sixty-four thousand seven hundred. Santa Barbara County surprisingly is lower at one hundred and fifty-two thousand six hundred. Um. Mm-hmm. Let's see. We also have an office in Ventura, so the Ventura limit is one hundred and seventy-six thousand eight hundred fifty. Hmm. Uh, so, just to give you an idea of some of the different, the highest that I see, I am going to guess it's going to be San Francisco two twenty-eight three hundred, and that appears to be the top. Marin County is the same two twenty-eight three hundred, so that's the the highest you'll see, and those. Uh, San Mateo is also at that two twenty eight three hundred, mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of the high and the low there. One eighteen is the low, two twenty eight is the high. San Luis and Santa Barbara kind of in the middle there, one sixty four and one fifty two respectively. Um, so one hundred and sixty four thousand dollar income in in San Luis Obispo County is a realistic. Income to afford that home, we also have a debt ratio limit of forty five percent and we're only looking at that back end total debts mm-hmm. ratio that that really matters um, for this so when you factor in your auto loan student loans and the proposed housing payment, it can't be more than forty five percent of that one hundred and of whatever your so that's actual six thousand one
6: hundred and fifty dollars total so i I took the one sixty four right mm-hmm and I took 45% of that figure is, um, it's basically your annual debts can exceed $73,000. And, and then you divide that by 12, you get 6,150 a month.
5: That's a lot of room to buy a home. Yeah. When you want to do the, you know, the rough math of about five to $600 per hundred thousand borrowed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that can get you up to a million dollar home or so. That's but where that's,
6: that's where I start most of my conversations though, Dan, like, you know.
5: <laughs> right. We always start with the million dollar homes and work our way down from there. No, kidding. <laughs> First time home buyers, obviously going to be going to be looking at that entry level home, which, you know, depending on the city in our county can be anywhere, you know, if if you really find a a deal, maybe in 200,000s, 300,000s. More realistically, you're in the four hundred thousands, five hundred thousands. Mm-hmm. You get into the coast or in San Luis Proper, you're in the six hundred thousands. So this program can accommodate. I believe it's all the way up to a seven hundred and five thousand dollar home purchase. Right. That's the home. So it does also have a limit on the price of the home you can buy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but when because you because that, that income
6: is so high,
5: right? When you look at that yeah. seven hundred thousand dollar home. When you look at the income limit and the debt-to-income ratio limit, it actually affords you the opportunity to have a little bit of consumer debt, to buy a realistic entry-level priced home in any city in our county, Mm -hmm. and still qualify under that 45% debt ratio. So this is why I'm liking this Cal HFA program. Um, Serious pros.
6: Serious pros. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's some cons.
5: So cons are, well, let's talk a little bit about the program and just yeah. what it takes to to use this program a little bit more. You can, basically what it is, is CalHFA has offered some silent subordinate liens to pair with your conventional or FHA first mortgage. So we're looking at just the regular Fannie Freddie conventional mortgage that we that most people are are striving for, or the FHA first mortgage, um, if if you need that program for any reason, if you have credit issue, or you know maybe a more recent major derog- derogatory item like a bankruptcy or foreclosure mm-hmm. in the last you know may, maybe more than three years but less than seven years ago. Um, that would be a reason to go into FHA. So you can pair these down payment assistance and closing cost assistance subordinate liens with either of those loan programs. That's correct. Um, to come up with the funds needed to close.
6: Yeah, I have a borrower right now that listens to the show, and he had a foreclosure in July of 2012. So that's a seven-year wait to get into a conventional product, but FHA is allowed right now. Three FHA is a three-year. Three-year, he's fine. Yeah. He also said to me, I'm working you know, copious amounts of overtime. I went through the calculations with him for his income. He's done it for the last two years, and it looks to continue based on what his employer says. So he's got a nice chunk of income. He's at about 150, $140,000 a year in income average. So he doesn't have to have much money down. And I've got some scenarios I'll share with you later, Dan, but that's a perfect scenario you just set up is it's not that we want to force you to do FHA to get this down payment assistance. You can do it with conventional, but Absolutely. we like it with the Cal HFA. Um, I'm messing up the acronym there, isn't it? HFA, I? Housing yeah. Finance Authority. Yeah. yeah.
5: Yeah. It's a it's a great program. And so let's talk about the subordinate financing, which let's is the, there, there's two pieces to the subordinate financing. Um, there's there's a piece that can be used for down payment assistance, and there's another subordinate lien that could be used for closing cost assistance. So we've got the My Home Affordable Down Payment Assistance Junior Lien. This is a junior lien that I believe it caps out at 3.5%. For down payment assistance. Mm -hmm. So, the perfect pairing with um, either your conventional or FHA first mortgage. FHA, as you know, is a 96.5% maximum financing. So, the 3.5% pairing with that FHA gives you the 100% that you need to purchase the home. Mm -hmm. Um, Conventional, is either a three or a five percent down option. Right. So if you want to do the three percent, you're still going to have to qualify under those home ready, you know, guidelines as well. So there's some income limits there and geographic restraints and things like that. Um, right. But you have this opportunity with the My Home Affordable Down Payment Assistance Junior lien. It's a silent second, so that means it's it's. A lien recorded against title, but you don't make any payments on it until um, first you, refinance. Until you've refied. So if you're going to refinance, you're going to end up having to pay off that junior lien. Yep. If you sell, you're going to have to pay off that junior lien. Or if you make all your payments for 360 months and you pay off that first mortgage entirely, then your junior lien starts to have uh, a monthly payment to pay that. You have
6: off. a coupon that they would send you. So we're talking about the it. my home, correct?
5: We're talking about the my home, right? Uh, down payment assistance. Two.
6: Let me add a. saying we're not talking about payment, but you wouldn't have an actual payment. But there's a two percent interest that is added to the loan with deferred interest. So so that the balance of that is
5: accruing and growing every every yeah. month.
6: Yeah. So it's probably about a. You know, it could be anywhere from a. to a $25,000 junior lien.
5: But it's 2% too. I mean, that's a good rate of interest.
6: Not not saying it's bad. Not saying it's bad. I just think that it's important to know that that there's no trickery there. It, it It is accruing. What's nice is you would probably get an annual statement, I would imagine, to see what that balance is. If we were to do a refinance of any kind, it can't stay in that position. You would have to pay it off. So you it would be considered a rate and term refinance, right, Dan? Because it wouldn't be a mm-hmm. cash out scenario, but that would cut into um, you know what you're trying to do, and it would also. But nevertheless, this is exactly what this topic is about: getting in to that house with almost no closing cost, no money down, and rightfully so, having having a home that you own that you can stay in for as long as you'd like. You know, a payment, that monthly payment stays the same and you can, this can be your leap pad. This can be your starting point or you can find a house with these types of incomes. You can find a house in a neighborhood that you live in for 15, 20 years. You know, you don't have to pay off that junior lien until you sell the house. If you don't ever do a refinance,
5: it is pretty awesome. Pretty awesome way to come up with the money needed to put down on a home. But then we have closing costs. You don't just, you know, find a home for, let's say, $500,000 and come up with a loan plus down payment of $500,000. There's costs associated with buying that home as well.
6: Why there are always costs. Yeah.
5: <laughs> because you've got different parties that are involved in the transaction that also have fees and for commissions service. that they're earning for their services. So we've got title and escrow plays a big role in the home purchase process and they have fees. There's an appraiser that has a fee. There's a lender that has fees. There's, the county
6: might have property taxes that exactly. are due on the on the property as you're closing. You know where you and the seller would split what's due.
5: Um, when you um, buy a home with these low down payment loan programs, having an impound account for your property taxes and homeowners insurance is a requirement mm-hmm. in the state of California. When you put uh, ten percent or less down. You have to have an impound account so that your lender can manage those tax and insurance payments. Mm-hmm. So, um, part of your cash to close in this scenario is going to be tax and insurance reserves. Yeah, as well as paying the first year homeowners insurance premium through close, paying any, um, you know, uh, appropriate amount of taxes that that are, are you're responsible for based on the proration of when mm-hmm. you buy. Um, so all those things are going to come into play with your cash required to close on this purchase.
6: Right. You could it's, buy down the interest rate. You could right? buy
5: down interest rate. You There's could pay a lot off
6: of, mortgage insurance up front. Exactly. These are fees to close the transaction.
5: So generally what we advise, what's standard in the industry, is you can anticipate about 2% for non-recurring closing costs, and then you know another one percent or so for the recurring costs. And that would be your prepaid interest, reserves for taxes, reserves for homeowners insurance, first year of annual and insurance. the first year of the homeowner's insurance. So mm-hmm. those are what we call the recurring closing costs, the things that are gonna continue in perpetuity. Well The interest, I guess, won't once you eventually pay it off, but the taxes and insurance sure aren't going away.
6: And that percentage you're talking about is based on
1: the loan amount?
5: Yeah, on the loan amount. So roughly about 3% you can anticipate, plus or minus, for your closing costs. That's going to be your recurring and non-recurring items. So with this CalHFA closing cost assistance, you have what's called a zero interest program or the acronym ZIP. Your Cal HFA ZIP junior lien is used only for the closing costs, mm-hmm. both recurring and non-recurring. Um, in today's world, it used to be different, but in to- today, as of basically now it's been about 18 months, um, loans under this program can get either 3 or 4% of the first mortgage loan amount for closing costs through this zip program. So if we're correct and you can, you know, 3% is going to cover your, your non-recurring closing costs and your recurring items to set up that impound account. You might even have a, a percent left over where you could use to buy down that rate or buy out mortgage insurance. Like you're talking about, Mike, um, if you want the full 4% closing cost assistance, right? Um, there is a difference in the interest rate that you're going to receive on the first mortgage, depending on if you're going to have both the down payment and the closing cost assistance, or mm-hmm. if you're just going to have one, um, and whether or not you take the three or the four percent closing cost assistance. Yes. Those are all factors that are going to impact your interest rate.
6: You're right, right, and that that interest rate is a fair trade off. You know the the again, mortgages are the rates that mortgages yield are a derivative of the risk of the mortgage let's be honest people when you buy the house and you do these two programs you've effectively found a way to get into the house but what is your equity in the house yeah you're I mean, now you're going to start out negative. as
5: high as 105% loan to value right, right so it's a risky transaction for the originating bank um, and
6: it may be for you know the neighborhood You're not going to want to buy this house, go 105% loan to value, meaning you're 5% in the hole on what it's worth, and you want to move out two years later, you've got to pay agents commission with the equity in your home, or you've got to pay them commission with cash in your bank account, and then you've got to move to another house. So it's not like... I think the reason I'm mentioning this, Dan, is because you know one of the things that we do at Central Coast Lending is we find a way to show these products to clients to give them hope. But we also love love to look long term. Real estate's a long term play. Get into a neighborhood you like. Maybe the payments higher. Maybe the payments higher than you want it to be. But you know, sit in this thing for seven, eight years and look at what your equity does.
5: And think about where rent's going. Rents are going higher yeah. over time. And what's nice about this is it, it is, you know, it's obviously making it easy to an easier path to home ownership by eliminating or greatly reducing the amount of cash you need to bring to the table to close. Um, but it's also providing you with a fixed interest rate. Correct. So you're, fixed payment. You know, while we're talking about a riskier transaction for the bank, for you as the actual home buyer, you're getting a predictable fixed payment um, on either a conventional or an FHA loan. Mm -hmm. And then you have these subordinate liens that are helping you get into the home with little or no money out of pocket. And those you're not required to make payments on until you either refi or sell or 30 years down the line after you pay off the first mortgage. And it's actually not... It's, it's 30 years or when you pay off the first mortgage, right? So if you get ahead of yourself and pay that first mortgage off in 25 years, that's when your junior liens will start to have a repayment. Right. Um, but this one, the zero interest program for closing costs, uh, there's a little clue in the title of that program of what the interest is on that one. Yeah. It's zero. It's def- so that's, <laughs> it's, so that's cool. It's I deferred like that.
6: forever. It just sits there as like a, just a, Basically, a gift you got from this program
5: that you have. Well, you have a, to repay it eventually. Yeah, but it feels like a gift for thirty years. Yep, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what this program's all about. Um,
6: Is it hard to get? A, do you have to like get an application and get approved for this, or do you just do it all at the same time?
5: You do it all at the same time. It's wow. It's one application for the you know, one, two, or three loans, depending on if you want one or both of those assistance programs. Um it's just one application, one qualification. Um again, we talked about the we talked about the debt to income ratio being a a very realistic forty-five percent. That's what most loan programs what we're targeting when we're pre-qualifying people is around forty-five percent. So this falls right in line with that. Um so yeah, it, yeah, it's a great program. It works. You know, this isn't a program you can use to buy multifamily properties. It's limited to one-unit properties, single-family condo. And recently, they've allowed manufactured homes hmm. um, to be eligible for this program as well. So um, it's it it's just a great way to to get into a first home with little money down because. Like you said, you know, when we started this conversation at the top of the hour, Mike, right. the hardest part for today's first time buyers, the hardest thing for them to do is to save that down payment. Right. Um,
6: a lot of times too, people will say, look, my parents are going to give me a gift. Grandma and grandpa are going to give me a gift, but I, I may not want to use that gift just towards the down payment. Let's build a partnership with grandma and grandpa, get into one of these programs. You don't have to do the full car blanche zip in my home let's do the my home get your down payment assistance let's let the gift pay for the closing costs and if there's any extra let that go towards new paint from home depot and furniture but you know it it people think all right i, I can get $7000 gift from my parents but that's not going to get me anywhere that's not true you can get a gift with these programs and in conjunction with getting assistance for, whether it be the closing costs or the down payment use the gift minimize your your Make it so that when you close, you have a loan for the amount that the house is worth. Now you're at a hundred. Let's just start from there.
5: Yeah. Maybe just get, maybe, yeah, you You can get just the closing cost assistance. That's the good one. Right. Right. So you start with just the closing cost assistance because that's the zero interest program. Yeah. And then you come up with the down payment portion. Good point. Right. That's the way it works. You don't, you don't just do the down payment assistance portion. You do the closing costs. I mean, it really either way, you're bringing money to the table. So, does it matter if it's going towards down payment right. or closing costs? It's all kind of could gets you put get in the down pool.
6: payment assistance with a two percent deferred interest, and then get the seller to pay your closing costs? I mean, there's nothing that says you can't. You could get the seller to pay your closing costs through a contractual agreement, negotiating. So, there's it, what I'm getting at. There's many different ways to skin this cat. I think. Don't say, well, you know, I only have seven grand. I, I could probably pay for closing costs, but I can't pay for down payment. Don't let this extra borrowing bother you. Let's have a discussion and see what it looks like on a monthly payment level.
5: And I like I like where you were going with, you know, even if you are getting a, a gift from family, maybe the best use of those funds is to have a savings reserve. Yeah, Because when you buy a home, there's inevitably going to be, something you want to change maybe maybe you don't have enough maybe you need some furniture or something maybe maybe you come um, home one day
6: and the water heater isn't working yeah
5: there's you know depending on whether you're buying a new home or an existing home you may have some deferred maintenance that needs to be addressed Mm -hmm. Um, so there's things that come up it's just reality there's some there's things that come up when owning a home that you need to repair or you want to improve.
6: Maybe you're moving further away from the place that you work, and you need to have a little bit of extra reserve because you need to put more money in the gas tank. Et cetera, I think just et cetera, having cetera, reserve cetera, is, you know, it's a, it's a key essential.
5: The financial, my financial planner always likes to use this term that I've, I love, I, I've latched onto. It's the your sleep quotient. What do you need in the bank to help you sleep at night, so that you're not up worrying about? The what ifs, what if my yeah. hot water heater does break? How am I going to pay for that? Yep. What if, mm-hmm. you know, those things can be scary. So, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe best use of, of family gift funds is just to have it sit in savings for you for that rainy day. Um, totally. But this is a great program. It's a great way to get in to buy a home in our area. Love the income where other limits. Other programs just don't work.
6: Love the income limits. It's so realistic here. It is. It's. You know, it. It's because uh, of the price point.
5: Yeah, it's a very practical way um, to to enter the world of home ownership for a first time buyer. So if right. if it's something that you're interested in, it's a product we offer. We're happy to talk to you about it and talk about pros and cons and and just whether or not it's the yeah. right move for you.
6: And sometimes the, what derives from this conversation is all right, it does make sense for me to wait 6 to 12 months. I'm going to save up some money, but I still know this program exists. I think what most people do is they they like you said at the beginning of this skit or this this section of our show, Dan, people think you have to have 10%, 15, 20% down. It's crazy. Sometimes people just think you you can't get in with, you know, only Three or 5% down. They think the seller's not going to accept the offer. Or they think all these things. I think what you'll find is if you make a good offer, the seller's not going to care as much about this product. Right. And it's going to help you get into a home.
5: Um, so, yeah, there's a couple other things I want to add on to this conversation. One is that there is a minimum credit score to qualify for the assistance programs, and it's 640. Um, so, keep that in mind. You have to have a 640 score to get the assistance programs. You know, a a conventional loan by itself, you can have a 620 score. An FHA loan, you can go all the way down to 500 um, with the right compensating factors. But in order to qualify for these assistance loans, you need to have a 640 minimum score. Um, You can use a cosigner so you can have a non-occupant you know maybe your one of your parents or both your parents would help you out if you don't have the income to meet those requirements but by adding them you're still under the income threshold because it's so loan high in our county yep. so you can get co-signers to help you with this um loan program. So that's another cool feature um
6: yeah so same thing for home ready you can have lo- non-occupant co-borrowers for home ready as well right yeah. Whereas you can't have it for VA, right? Which is the other zero down. You can't have a non-occupant co-borrower help you qualify for a VA loan.
5: Not on VA. Yeah. It's just got to be. And know.
6: USDA wouldn't make sense because you'd get over that income threshold.
5: So, all Attention. in all, a great program. Wanted to make you guys aware of it. We offer, we offer every residential loan program known to man. But you know, we take it for granted that you know everything that we offer. So that's why we're here on the Make the show, no Making mistake. Anywhere.
6: I almost enjoy these loans more than the other loans I do with the 20% down. And here's why. It's a real opportunity. Don't be bashful or, you know, don't feel like you have to put your head down saying, I haven't really saved up any money, but I want a house. We love doing these things. It's It gives us our ability to wave our magic wand almost, you know, because we understand the product. We have the product. We went out and got the product. We want to use this thing. Absolutely. You know, it's like the chainsaw in the garage. How often you get to use that, but the day you use it, <laughs> that's fun.
5: I like the point you were making about, you know, to the sellers. Don't be afraid of someone making an offer using this program. It's a great program. It's not hard to obtain. It's something you get pre-approved, pre-qualified for. Yeah. And you're, and it's going to, the borrower's going to get it as long as they meet those requirements, minimum credit score, maximum income, uh, maximum debt to rate debt to income ratio, they're going to qualify. It's a great program. We can even do approvals for people before they've even found the property so right. that when they are in contract, the only thing left to underwrite is the property itself. So there's a lot of ways to make this work and still accommodate quick closes and competitive offers and all that kind of stuff. So as a seller, don't be afraid of it. As a buyer, be willing to at least entertain it. There's some pros to it for sure. Um, There's some cons as well. And we can talk about all that stuff uh, when we meet. Meeting with a loan officer at Central Coast Lending is always free. It's always low pressure. We're there to help. We're there to be an advocate. We're there to show you the path to home ownership, but not stress you out in any way whatsoever one number rings all the central coast lending offices it's 805-543-LOAN that's 805-543-5626 we've got a great website centralcoastlending.com a lot of great information there's a a loan application that's on our website that you can use to begin the the pre-qualification or pre-approval process Um, and just a lot of great information to learn about these loan programs and others. Um, We'd love to hear from you. We love helping people. We love helping first-time homebuyers. So let us know how we can help you. Folks, I hope you enjoy a wonderful Fourth of July holiday. And uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of Mortgage Matters. Mike, thanks again for joining me for three weeks in a row. Appreciate you. You're welcome. All right. Have a great weekend, everyone.